All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Good evening, folks. It's time for episode seven of It's News to Us. It's just me this evening, so uh, this is the format we're going to do it in. We're going to do it in a Facebook Live format, and then, of course, uh, put the uh, podcast up on MP3. So for those of you on Facebook, you're seeing this now. You'll also be able to download the MP3 a little bit later. And, of course, we are on all of the uh, major podcast apps, including the Odyssey app, our own app, uh, Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Spotify. You can download us there. Thank you for downloading us. We saw a big jump yesterday, and we appreciate it, and we wanted to keep that going. And you can get your news this way just by listening to us whenever you want. usually go about uh, 10 to 15 minutes. Today may be a little bit shorter because it's just me, and nobody wants to hear me talk that long. Um, First story, and hopefully by the time you listen to this, this story's already been resolved. Uh, But we have a uh, missing and endangered uh, 14-year-old out of Chesterfield. Uh, Her name is Yanith. Ruiz Carrillo, um, and she was last seen at her apartment on Cliffside Drive. This apartment complex is in between Route 10 and uh, the James River. If you you look um, look at West Hundred Road and you see the apartment complex, it's right near, um, just to the north of West Hundred Road, and it's in between there basically and the cliffs along the James River. Um, she was last seen right around midnight, and then. Um, disappeared was not around when uh, her mom checked in her uh, in on her at one o'clock in the morning now they have received messages suggesting that she left not of her own will and that's why we have this missing and endangered alert out from state police but uh, you can go to our Facebook page where you're watching this right now you can see the uh, the flyer that has the information you can also go to our Twitter page um, and again, if you can help uh, state police out there, it'd be much appreciated. Chesterfield Police as well in uh, in finding this 14-year-old. Uh, moving on to our other uh, story, uh, spoke to Dominion. They're hoping to have most, if not all, of the people back with power after yesterday's storms. However, they can't say with 100% certainty that it's not going to take into tomorrow to get the last few people out, as is always the case with uh, any storm that does a decent amount of power outages. Um, it's always those last few that take the longest, and uh, they think it may take into uh, into Friday to get the last few people back on. What crews are seeing is uh, a lot of trees in the power lines, broken poles, not a whole lot of damage to the equipment itself, but basically just the power lines being being uh, damaged, uh, not necessarily breakers or trans uh, trans, uh, trans transmitters, things along that line. They're not uh, suffering uh, too much damage, but uh, the the poles and, and the wires are. Um, but again, it could take into tomorrow. Um, this morning, they had it down to 13,000. I don't actually have the, the, the uh, numbers right in front of me. Of course, by the time you listen to this, that's going to change. They were around 13,000 earlier this morning. Um, at a peak, uh, 78,000 in the Richmond area were out. Uh, the interesting thing is uh, usually in a storm we see one area get hit harder than, uh, than others. In this case, there were really the outages were, were widely spread. So um, interesting. It's unusual to see that in, that, in, in a storm. Speaking of storms, uh, VDOT is done doing storm cleanup. 
but it's not of yesterday's storm. It's actually from the January 3rd snowstorm. You remember the January 3rd snowstorm. That was the I-95 snowstorm, the one that uh, had people on I-95 for 27 hours. Well, of course, there was a lot of damage, uh, and that was part of the problem. A lot of people were on 95 and couldn't get off 95, and when they did get on 95, they ran into the issues because of uh, trees down, dam you know, branches down, things along that line um, on the roads, especially in the Fredericksburg area, but, but all over, you know, uh, the Richmond District as well as the Culpeper District. Well, they finally got the last little bit of debris that was along the sides of the roads now um, up and disposed of, put away, chipped, whatever you want to call it, uh, basically gotten rid of. Um, so it took all the way from January 3rd to June 23rd. Uh, that's, you know, six m plus months, almost seven months, uh, actually almost six months, actually. My math is, this is why I got into journal journalism, folks. My math, um, you know, right off the top of my head isn't great. It's actually, you know, just about six months um, worth uh, of work. Um, they removed two million cubic yards worth of debris. Um, and it cost nearly $54 million in comparison. And you might have thought, hey, you know, that ice storm that we had in 2021 was actually worse. No, it wasn't. Actually, the ice storm only cost $23 million to dispose of, and it only produced 400,000, basically, cubic yards of debris. The reason being is that ice storm was a little more isolated. This uh, snowstorm hit a larger area and caused greater issues, and that's why. Um, it cost more and there was more to, to, to get rid of. But uh, finally wrapping that up today, uh, almost six months worth of cleaning debris. Um, so it's kind of, kind, of, kind of amazing. You know, we've kind of forgotten about that January 3rd storm, except for, you know, the 27-hour delay. But it's, it's amazing. They're, they're, they were still dealing with that this month. Final story. Um, both of uh, Virginia's U.S. Senators uh, actually had press availabilities today, which was interesting because they were talking about the bipartisan gun reform bill, which is set to pass the Senate, maybe even by the time you're listening to this, it has passed the U.S. Senate. But um, also, as they were discussing that, the Supreme Court decision on New York's gun regulations came out. So uh, we got some reaction to that. Obviously, they're pleased with the gun reform bill. This is not surprising. Uh, Senators uh, Warner and Kane. Both have been advocates of increased gun control. Maybe Senator Kane a little bit more an advocate of gun control, but um, they're pretty pleased with the bill. Senator Warner didn't note that he, he wanted an assault weapons ban for people 18 to 21. He didn't get that in the deal, but he thought it still was a, a, a decent piece of legislation. Senator Kane was happy with it. He also points out there's a, a lot of money in there for mental health, um, which he considers to be an issue, as well as increased background checks um, and um, other other reforms as well. However, Senator Kane was not happy with the New York decision. He was frustrated, saying it takes away safeguards at a time. They need to be adding safeguards um, in terms of guns. And so he was not happy with that New York decision. And very few Democrats have been. I've seen a lot of reaction from state Democrats that weren't very happy with uh, that New York decision. Um, and obviously now we're waiting, you know, just to, to give some national input for a second, we're waiting to see uh, when the uh, Supreme Court decision comes down on abortion. If I had to guess, uh, just from years past and some experience covering this, I've been covering politics and, and courts for 25 years, my guess is that is the last decision that drops, uh, probably looking at it late next week. But that's a, just a guess on my part. Um, just from an educated guess on my part, but a guess on my part. And obviously we will cover that and what the impacts are here in Virginia 
um, whenever that does in fact happen. So that is the latest for uh, for today, for uh, June 23rd. This is episode 7 now of its news to us. Um, and obviously, if you're listening to this in podcast form, please give us a rating, a review, preferably five stars. You know, I, if you don't, I'm not going to, like, beg for five stars. But, you know, we, we like the five stars. It does help. Um, and um, obviously, continue to listen. We're glad. Um, and actually, hey, I can now tell you uh, right as... Um, I'm wrapping up this podcast. Uh, the good news is that top story that I told you about has actually already been resolved. Um, the um, the girl has been found safe. Uh, that alert just came over. So good news there. Um, and, you know, obviously that, that one came to a happy ending. So, um, again, listen to our podcast, download it, give us a nice review. We appreciate it. Continue to listen. We'll keep doing this as daily as possible. We appreciate it. Thank you very much. We'll talk to you later. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? Baseball isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod. There is another fact, so jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts.